Welcome to Airbnb Hacks. Discussing the best tips and hacks to find and grow your short-term rentals. Here's your host, Yonatan Waxman. Welcome, David. I'm really excited to have you on. I wanted to wanted the audience to get to know you a little bit. As I've gotten to know you, I think you're super cool, down-to-earth, and beast real estate investor, and uh, wanted to get you on. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Cool. So we have some questions. These are questions personally that I was wondering about you, and I figured that mm -hmm. the audience would, would like to know as well. Um, we'll start really basic. So tell us a little bit about your background, how you got involved in short-term rentals, what inspired you to get involved in short-term rentals, and uh, tell me a little bit about traveling nurses and midterm stays, which is popping up all over YouTube, and you're already doing it. So that's a you're I would say ahead of the ahead of the ahead of the wave. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm a nurse practitioner by trade, and uh, so I got my start in uh, real estate investing kind of on accident. Um, so I was a nurse practitioner for about nine months before March of 2020, whenever COVID hit. And so I, I hadn't really built up a huge uh, patient base. And so uh, whenever we all got sent home, you know, I was seeing patients in the office. I work in a um, cancer institute at that time. And so obviously don't want any of us around any cancer patients if somebody has COVID. So we all got sent home and we were doing uh, video visits for patients. And I was only doing like three a day because I didn't have that many patients I was following. And so I remember sitting at home bored. And this was the first time in my life I was making, you know, six figures plus as a nurse practitioner, you know, making good money. And I was like, why does my bank account not look any different? <laughs> so I started uh, looking around and I remember going to YouTube on the TV and I typed in what to do in your 20s with your money. And uh, Graham Stephan actually popped up and he was, you know, heavily into real estate at that time. And so I started looking uh, more deeply into real estate, found bigger pockets, started devouring their podcasts and just kind of went down the rabbit hole from there. And uh, I think it was about 14 months from the time that um, I first started looking into real estate and I bought my first investment, which was a college house in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is where I'm from. What was the thing that that drew you to take the first step of massive action? Was it a person you met? Was it a was it a specific podcast on bigger pocket bigger pockets? Was it um, a conversation with a with a parent? Um, was it like you were just walking on the beach somewhere? Like what what happened that you finally took the first step out of out of sort of employee land? Uh, so the thing that really um, solidified it for me was that this college that was in Fort Wayne it started growing a lot like over the last couple of years. And there was actually a physician, he was an infectious disease doctor that I worked with that also used the same realtor as me. And she was like, hey, we should have a lunch together and you guys should meet up. And so then he told me about how he was doing these rentals around this college uh, or around this university. And so then a house just happened to pop up on the MLS. It was for 91 grand, a five bed, two and a half bath house that was like move in ready for college students and uh, popped up in March put in a full price offer on it. We closed and then had my first uh, college tenants in there in uh, June of 2021. Uh, so really it was, you know, just no, having another colleague that was also investing and he was telling me his numbers. And so if I didn't have him, I think I would have probably been analysis paralysis a lot longer than what I was. A lot of people are stuck there. And are you, are you yeah. still close to them? Oh yeah, me and him we talk every once in a while, but not not as close as some of my other docs. But yeah, I still talk with him. 
that's 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 a really nice story um he actually he actually just got done he built three brand new builds uh right down the road and uh they're all for the university because just quick little numbers so 91 grand put 21 or 20 percent down on it my mortgage is like 458 bucks i pay all the utilities for them so these kids don't have to worry about you know fighting over electric or whatever and i charge a flat rate of 2250 a month and so I'm cash flowing like 1400, 1500 a month on this little dinky house, $91,000 in Portland, Indiana. And that's not even getting into the medium term rental stuff. Yeah. So little, little plot twist for the listeners um, <laughs> that you have even, you have, you have even more value that, that, that I knew about, which is you're involved in this sort of university student market, which if I'm thinking about like a tenant portfolio of behavior, <laughs> um, they're the opposite of a well, of a well-behaved uh traveling nurse that's staying yep. for three four months somewhere in fort wayne so uh do you want mm -hmm. to tell me a little bit more more about that before we move on to questions about 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 traveling nurses? i don't want to overlook it yeah so uh my my main goal because i wasn't too far outside of college whenever i actually bought this property and so i remembered what i was like in college and so i was like we're my main goal that i'm going to look for here is we're going to find i was googling you know in bigger pockets episodes stuff like that on like how to focus in on student housing and like what you should look for and they said teams are really good because then you don't have five random people in there that don't know each other that need to get along you've got five people that are on the same team together already so they know that they need to get along with each other so that was big and then my wife and i were talking and we we're like let's see if we can get a team of girls inside there instead of a team of guys because i was like team of guys they're gonna wreck that place and so um, just so happened that, uh, we knew like a friend of a friend of somebody that was on the volleyball team. And, uh, I sent that girl a message and I said, Hey, I'll Venmo you a hundred bucks for every girl that you get to sign a lease for this house. And she found five people within 24 hours. And so I sent her 500 bucks and then I was leased up and ready to go. That's an amazing story. First of all, you would net, you know, there are hacks, hacks in each market to, to yeah. get better little, little corners that that make a big difference in the end. And targeting teams is super clever, specifically yeah. the, the female teams. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like soccer, volleyball, like right mm -hmm. away. Like that's. And I mean, there's, there's 20 some people on a team too. So, and then what yeah. I really like about it is at least what I'm hoping is going to happen because the majority of the people in the house are seniors this year. It's just going to keep on going as the volleyball house now, you know, like that's just where, you know, five people stay all the time from the volleyball team because you know, you get five random people, they go, if they don't know anybody else at the school, really, then whatever, but they're always going to have underclassmen below them that are on the team. Okay. My, what I was going to ask you next was about how you book traveling nurses and how you go about that process. But I was, uh -huh. I'm going to change up that question based on this sure. new information. How do, how does it, how do you have to, how do you target the traveling nurse and how does it differ in contrast from the university sports student? Well, I mean, I really haven't thought about the college house too much, like, or at least filling vacancies or anything like that until just recently, because this year, four out of the five will be graduating. And so I sent them all a message and I gave them the same offer. I said, hey, I'll Venmo each one of you a hundred bucks for whoever finds a replacement for their room. And so they all said that they're gonna work on it. And I'm sure that I won't have an issue with that. Uh, but then, yeah, pivoting over to the, the medium term rentals, um, I got into that because COVID was going on and I didn't recognize anybody in the hospital. Once I got back, they were all travel nurses. And I was like, where are all these people staying? And so I just started talking to travel nurses 
And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm staying at some janky extended stay hotel, whatever, whatever. And at that time, you know, I was a little bit more involved in um, our real estate investing group. Um, Fort Wayne, fortunately, has an absolutely amazing Fort Wayne Real Estate Investors Association. Uh, so shout out to Drew Wired who, and Adam Bexton. They were the two that put it together. Fantastic. Um, but they, um, I started talking with people in there and I said, hey, is anybody doing short-term rentals? And then a buddy of mine, Bobby Klein, shout out to him too. He got me into an, uh, a Facebook message group with only like a dozen people that were doing short-term rentals in Fort Wayne. And then I got linked up with another guy that, um, with Seth, another guy, and he um, kind of led me on to my strategy that I've been doing. And the strategy that I've been doing is only 30-day stays. Don't allow anything else. And so the big draw for that is most travel nurses, they don't know where their next assignment is going to be until maybe three or four weeks out. And so if you have a vacancy that's coming up and it's, you know, two, three weeks away or something, and then your calendar is completely empty after that, people start getting nervous and they're like, oh man, I don't know. I should, you know, I'll, I'll allow weekend stays just to like make a little bit of money during that time or whatever. And so then you have a weekend stay for some mom that's coming into town for her kid's soccer game that's six weeks away. And that completely ruins three, four, five months worth of bookings that one nurse might've booked inside there. So that's been my, my uh, biggest tool that I've used so far is uh, the smartest thing that Seth said to me was a empty calendar is a valuable calendar because somebody will need that. And so, yeah, that's what I've been doing and it's been working well for me so far. That is really cool. Um, I'm a little bit speechless, but I'm thinking a little bit about our conversation that we had about this, about leaving the yep. calendar open as an, an Airbnb mm -hmm. investor, you know, you make a lot on that weekend stay. It's like, the, it's that tempting thing that everybody else does, but you actually are inverting and thinking about it a little bit different. You have the courage to leave the calendar open. So when that traveling nurse can, you know, is putting their dates on that, on that, on that app and that, that UI that we love on Airbnb or another mm -hmm. app, right. Mm -hmm. um, you could talk about the other platforms, but, um, you know, I think that takes a lot of courage. So that's probably why you're, you're courageous. That's probably why you found this opportunity because you were courageous and curious. That's, um, yeah, you start getting a little nervous whenever it's like one week out and then you're like, okay, nothing's happening. What's going on. And I'm actually sitting right in the middle of my longest vacancy I've had for my most expensive property. I've got a town home and, uh, it's been vacant for like 10 days now. And I've had a couple nibbles, but haven't heard anything. So I'm backing down my price a little bit because it was I was pricing it super high because as soon as I put it up, I got somebody in there for three months with like a really high amount. Uh, it was $230,000 um, townhome. We put 0% down on it because we bought it at our primary residence and then moved out of it three months later to go travel. And we'll, we'll sure get into that later. Um, but mortgage is like 1400 bucks a month, utilities and expenses like 300-ish. And we were renting out for like 3200 a month or something. We were making like, 14, 1500 a month off. It was absurd. But now I'm down to like 2,700 is what I'm asking. And I might need to back it down to like 25 and stop getting the overzealous and see, just get somebody in there to help pay the mortgage. <laughs> so we're recording this on Friday, January 6th, uh, 2023. And I just want to say, because on YouTube, it lives forever, that one day there will definitely be, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it, a David Rosenbeck course on how to how to hack this corner of the market, I'm sure. So you can look back and 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 look at this time. Um that, so. that's amazing. That that's 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 an amazing story. I have I have some little questions about this market that I think our listeners 
would be interested. I know if I was getting involved in this market, I would want to know about this. So yeah. regular Airbnb stays, you know, here and there you'll get your, your request. Hey, like, are there steps or Hey, like, you know, certain very niche specific needs for maybe people that have, um, health requirements before they get, before they, uh, get to the unit. Are there mm -hmm. any, um, specific needs that traveling nurses like they have to have in the unit um I, i'd say i'd say the absolute biggest necessity is having a, a really really comfortable bed and so i i learned from uh rob actually our buddy host camp that the zinus or zenus i don't know how exactly to pronounce it mattress that's on there it's fantastic i've had so many people compliment me on it it's relatively cheap it's like 400 500 bucks for a nice mattress because these nurses you know they're they're whenever they come into town, they're typically working at bare minimum three twelves a week, but usually it's more than that because these people they're not traveling to Fort Wayne because it's a you know beautiful area and they want to go travel around and see stuff like if they're going to Boulder or to a hospital or something like that. They're coming into town. It's you know gray and dreary and not that nice out. So what they want to do is just make as much money as they possibly can while they're there. So a lot of people they'll work four, five, twelve hour days a week. And so then whenever they're doing that, they need to come home. They need to be able to crash in a nice comfy bed and then wake up the next day and go do it again. And that's one of the, the nice things about having travel nurses in your units. And I think that's kind of a misconception that some people have about just, you know, travel nurses or traveling professionals in general is that they think that it's going to be harder on their unit because you're furnishing it and they're using it and all this other stuff. And I think that's the, the biggest misconception in this entire space, because like these people, they, they, come home and they crash they wake up and they go to work the next day they don't even like cook in my units i've had like people where they haven't even touched the pots and pans inside there because they eat every meal at the hospital because it's cheap and it's there it's available they're there for 12 hours and so half the time my cleaner will go in there and she's like this place looks spotless and so it's we've had the only <laughs> the only issue that i've had so far and it was whenever i broke my golden rule because there is a a guest that booked and there was a three-week gap in between whenever my one guest is checking out next guest was coming in and i was like all right let's put it up for five days minimum stays and so then i had a travel nurse that came into town for a week and i was like well that's a little odd and she ended up smoking weed inside my unit and so that was the only time i've ever had to use an air cover uh quote but that was a good learning experience because i had my cleaner take a ton of pictures she had like an ashtray that she brought in that had a bunch of cigarette butts and roaches in it and stuff and then i took pictures of all of that I had my cleaner send me a specific invoice saying smoke remediation. I said, throw 500 bucks on it and I'll split it with you. I was talking to my cleaner and she uh, sent me the, the quote. I sent it into Airbnb with the evidence and they had 500 bucks in my account the next day. My cleaner was thrilled. I don't know why I my brain thinks in memes because of all my friends group chats <laughs> like lives on memes, but I'm thinking of like a Stephen A. Smith viral like youtube or, or meme thing where it goes stay off the weed you know as, <laughs> as, as you're talking about air cover claims for that that's hilarious that's yeah, a great yeah, thing. Yeah. That, that do you and this is something that i would think about this is a little bit of an analysis paralysis question but i want to ask it for people that sure. that are wondering about it as regulations on airbnb markets increase and the minimum stays go up and in some markets specifically the big cities and urban markets that happens do you ever think about and obviously you're 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 talking about we're talking about the midwest a lot so maybe it's mm -hmm. not a problem there i'm thinking more like the, the the bigger cities of america do you worry that there could it could drive entrepreneurs into rushing into midterm stays if, and and 
saturating some markets, not all, not all the markets. It's impossible. You know, you can't, you know, at the end of the day, sure. differentiated units do well, well-designed units do well, but mm -hmm. what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you ever think about that? Or you think it's, you think it's niche? What, what's your, what's your feel? What's your um, gut instinct on it? Well, I think me and the group of guys that were, well, guys and girls that were in that group that were doing it, we talked a little bit too much because now there is, I just looked the other day, there's over 500 Airbnbs just in the Fort Wayne area. And Fort Wayne's only a city of 270,000 people. And so it's like, that's a lot of Airbnb. So it's it's on the verge of saturation. And now I'm just hoping that there isn't a race to the bottom for you know prices. Because now with like my townhome that I had just mentioned, if I'm getting you know 2,500 a month for it as a medium term rental, I can put it on the regular market and get 2,000 to 2,100 as an unfurnished rental with no utilities paid. So that's something that I've been kicking around because prices are starting to come down a little bit. Um, I think Fort Wayne might have been a little bit of a niche market just because we have such a great real estate investing group there and everybody's more than happy to share with people and talk about what they're doing and stuff like that. And everybody's like, dang, this is a great deal. So and a lot of people wanted to start doing it. Um, but as far as saturation goes, I, I mean, in a lot of other areas, I've been thinking about branching out to other areas in the Midwest. Like um, I was just searching the other day on like top travel, um, like top paying travel contracts. And one of the top places or two of the top places were in Ohio within a two hour drive of me is Toledo and Cleveland. And yeah. And so, yeah. So Toledo and Cleveland, you got Cleveland clinic there. It's a 1200 bed hospital, I think. And there's travel nurses that are going there all the time, but people don't really want to go to Cleveland. And so they pay well to go there and you could pick up properties in Cleveland for next to nothing, as long as they're in a decent neighborhood. Cleveland is a, internationally well-known affordable great real estate market that that's yep. you know people you know everywhere i travel i'm from cleveland just so everybody you know knows but i'll go as far <laughs> you know we'll go as far away as as israel or hong kong and you travel people say oh cleveland real estate market that's that's really <laughs> really good so you're on you're you're on to something i i i'm thinking a little bit about um the college students down to the traveling nurses and the way mm -hmm. you said that they work so much, they're barely even using uh, the, the the kitchen. Are What's the biggest challenge you've ever had, I guess, with the traveling nurse? Like, what's your story? Like, I have in my head, like, what's my craziest Airbnb guest story? I have it yeah. already. It yep. was terrible. I'm just curious <laughs> if you have a funny story or a big story that comes to mind when, when thinking about this market. Absolutely. So we had uh, one lady that she was one of our earlier on guests and she was there for uh, booked for six months at our property and she was a travel nurse that came in. And the very first night that she checked in, she says, 911, please help. She sends that through Airbnb. And I'm like, OK, what's going on? And so I called her right away and I'm like, what's happening? And she said, oh, the cabinet fell off of the wall in the kitchen. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if that warrants 911, but we'll come over and we'll help you because my wife and I were there. It was like a Saturday night or something. And um, as we're walking up to the house, <laughs> my wife was like, this seems this, like it was dark outside and whatever. She's like, this seems like a good way that people would get murdered. And I'm like, okay. So we opened up the door and the person that opens the door looks absolutely nothing like the person that booked the property. And I'm like, okay, what's happening? And then there's another person in there and this lady had like, 
blue hair. She looked like she was strung out. And I was like, okay, something's going on here. And then of course it flashes into my head what my wife just said. And I'm like, we're going to die. But uh, ended up though, she, it was the same person. Her Airbnb picture just looked much different. Must've been from an earlier time. Helped her clean up everything and everything was all peachy. And she was very thankful, whatever. And then the next day she messages us and says, hey, the lights are kind of flickering inside here. And I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll send an electrician over. He says, it's a fluorescent bulb. You know, that's it. No, no big deal. They flicker. That's what happens. So then we hear nothing from her for six months. And then the last week of her reservation, she just starts sending us a barrage of messages through Airbnb saying, this house is a death trap. The electrical in this house is crazy. It's going to burst into flames. I'm going to go stay at a hotel. I'm contacting Airbnb. And I sent my electrician over there right away. Same thing. It was a flickering fluorescent bulb. But without even contacting me, Airbnb refunded her an entire month of staying at our property. And so that from the beginning, that's, a, a that's, a, that's crazy. That's why yeah, hosts- it was rough. <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. It was rough. That I felt like a my heart sting as you said that. Like I would, I, that's like the worst case scenario. Yeah, Airbnb. Yeah. Sometimes. So you know, they- she was nuts, and then Airbnb decided not to back us up either. So it was, yeah, just put a little bit of a bitter taste in our mouth. But then we got another booking right after that for like three months, and the person was fantastic. Didn't hear from him the whole time. That's a great story. Um, I don't know why. Maybe I'm a little bit strange. But I'm thinking about dates that I went on where they didn't look like the uh, hinge, hinge profile that 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 I had swiped on. So that yeah. that's you know that that that's what that reminded me of. You got catfished. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So okay, a little bit of like thinking out into the future. Um. How mm-hmm. do you? How do you see? We talked a little bit about your units. We talked about the markets and the stories of how you get into how you got into it. Where do where do you see short-term rentals going and where do you see David going with it? Right? Mm-hmm. Where, where where are you gonna go from here? You started from university tenants and then to traveling nurses, which is amazing. Where do you keep going and where does the market go? I think um what I would really enjoy and the reason that the reason that you and I met was because we met through host camp, which is you know for true Airbnb ears. And Rob, he's more of like a kind of a unique stay kind of guy. And that's really, I think, where my passion lies. That's the kind of stuff that I want to get into. Um, the I think I've got a good base right now with the travel nurses, medium term rentals and stuff like that. Um, but in March of this year, I got a new job to where I was fully remote. And so my wife and I, we were like, okay, let's, you know, pack up the bags, pack up the two dogs and let's go travel around for a while because I was, you know, location independent. And so we've been staying in medium term rentals this entire time. And so I really think the the big shift in the market, which is already happening and like, I I forget what the stat was, but I think it was like 25% of Airbnb bookings were for like 28 days or more or something like that for 2022 is something it was a it was a pretty good share of it. Um, And I think that it's only going to get higher. I think more people are going to want to go, you know, stay somewhere for a month at a time, two months at a time, whatever. And just like my wife and I were. So our first place that we went to, whenever we started, you know, figuring out what we were going to do, we only had about a month to plan. So kind of like the travel nurses, you know, you, you kind of got a short window where you're trying to figure out where you're going to go. And so, um, cause we wanted to leave by, uh, the weekend after the 4th of July, that was just the, the number we put on ourselves. And, um, So we were looking from anywhere between Indiana and Oregon on the north side of the country, just trying to find something, really wanted to find Montana. 
And our budget was we wanted to keep it under three grand a month is what we were trying to look for. And we looked for like five days solid, couldn't find anything. And I think that it's the future is going to be finding these small little, you know, cute towns that are outside of these larger markets or outside of these national parks and things like that where you can find a nice little one bed, one bath cabin or something like that to where somebody like me can go work there for a month and get a, you know, travel every bit of Yosemite or something like that and stay there for a month and not pay, you know, $8,000 to do it because um, most people don't have that kind of cash. And um, just as a, a real life example for us, one of our favorite places that we've stayed at in the last, you know, seven months of us traveling around um, we wanted to hit New Orleans and we were like, well, I don't really want to stay in New Orleans for a month and, or, uh, and we were only going to do a week actually. So I didn't want to stay in New Orleans for a week. It was expensive. Didn't really want to stay in the city with two dogs, you know? And so we found a place it's called Kiln, Mississippi, and it's the, the home of Brett Favre actually. And there's only like 200 people in the entire city. And, um, it was this little cabin that was on like 30 acres and it was uh, just a little one bed, one bath, had a stream in the backyard. And I think we only paid like, it was like 600 bucks, I think, or something like that to stay there for the entire week and had great internet connection. And that was, that was our favorite place to be stayed at so far. And it's like nobody in their right mind would, you know, look around if they're like, I'm going to go on vacation and stay in Kiln, Mississippi for a week, you know. And so I think finding unique properties that have good internet connection that have something interesting with them, you know, something to offer um, is going to be really big because then the price is lower and you can kind of bring in these interesting people that, you know, have a little bit of expendable income. I have a prediction based on what you beautifully just said eloquently. Um, but let me just first say, cause I forgot to say it at the beginning of the pod, uh-huh. uh, shout out to host camp where we met, which is, a coaching mentorship program uh, founded by Rob Abasolo. He who literally changed my life. I don't know how you feel, but like changed my life. Absolutely. So shout out to the, that's actually how we met. And that was like a, a is, was a life-changing experience about the eclectic mm-hmm. towns. I see where you went with there. And I love this story about Kiln. Um, I, I think that this work from home culture feeds into this traveling culture. And mm-hmm. I actually think, I was thinking a lot about like, where does this go from here? I think there'll be traveling families at some point because for those people oh, that yeah. do homeschooling, like, why wouldn't you spend three months in Kiln? They're learning everything yeah. with the family. So like, I think there's going to be a little niche that sort of forms out of, of, mm-hmm. of that. It's interesting that you talked about that, thinking about, thinking about you're, you know, you're going to be building a family. I'm like, I, I, I see this. I don't see this thing stopping no. ever. It's too good. It's too good. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, what, and, I, and I think, I think with um, like, you know, more and more jobs and especially, you know, I'm a millennial and Gen Zers below me, like once you get a remote job, like there's no going back, you know, like there's no way I could ever go back to, you know, hacking 10 hour days in the hospital or anything like that. And so now whenever people get a taste of it, I think they hold on to it. And I think a lot of Gen Zers are going to demand work from home. And so I think we're going to have, you know, in the next 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to be, like you said, families that are traveling around because now, you know, we already had, thanks to COVID, we had, you know, a lot of people that were having their kids go to school online, doing the flexible learning and stuff like that. 
And my wife and I have even talked about that. I'm like, okay, so if we start having kids, what's this going to look like, you know, five, six years down the road, whenever, you know, we've got some kids around and they need to be going to kindergarten or, you know, whatever, first grade. And I want to go, you know, spend a month in Southern California for the winter or something, you know, I think that um, as long as the school keeps evolving um, and they allow some more flexibility to where kids could still just, you know, work online because that's going to be the future anyways is everybody's going to be working online or at least the vast majority of people that don't need to have hands on something and so i think the school system needs to catch up to where they allow kids to have more flexibility and then if that's the case then yeah i think this will just explode because i think people will be moving all over the place i am such a fan of this idea so i hope the universe listens to us and makes <laughs> this happen because i i i i was not an office life kind of a guy I like the i like mm -hmm. the remote well and it feeds into obviously what we what we love to do um cool. and there so, uh, so just a little side note about that i was listening to a podcast and it was the or maybe it was reading an article i can't remember what it was but um have you ever heard of the landing the company called the landing by chance no and so we had one in fort wayne and then i started looking into it because they're really really nice apartments and it's a national chain it was some guy that sold some company for you know a couple billion and now he's doing this but all it is is that you have an open-ended lease. And so you can hop from one landing to another landing all over the country in all these big cities. And the reason he started it was all of that that I just described right there, because he said, you know, people are going to be traveling. And so you got these young people that are in their 20s that I don't want to sign a 12-month lease for Charlotte because I want to stay, you know, be in Austin for a month. And then I want to go to New York City for a month. And they pay, you know, per whatever place they're going to, they might have to pay extra. It's not a flat uh, price for the lease, but it's an open-ended lease. As long as you stay within the um, the landing ecosystem, you can hop around every month if you want to. That is an awesome yeah, idea. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> that is genius and like ahead of the curve. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so that guy's much smarter than I am and he's done so much more market research than I have. And so if he thinks that's the way the future is going, then I agree. That's an excellent piece of information that you just shared. Thank you. That's a really cool yeah. landing. I'm, I'm going to try to research that myself. That's an amazing. Well, uh, yeah, they've got an app. So you can, we actually, my wife and I, we thought about staying at a few of their spots whenever we were looking around because it was so hard to find something for a month. And then, oh, this is a little bit of a, on the other side of Airbnb, a little bit of a horror story for us. So um, our very first spot that we were going to stay in, we we just decided on Denver because we're like, okay, we just want to get out West. We couldn't find anything in uh, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, anything. And uh, we found a place. It was a two bed, one bath. It was, uh, you know, in a cool suburb of Denver and it had a really cool, funky vibe to it. They allowed dogs. They had a front porch. We really liked it. Um, but they were, it was only 1800 for the entire month. And I was like, okay, that seems too good to be true. But I just kind of like put my head in the sand and I was like, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> and so we get done driving eight hours from, uh, I can't remember where the heck we were, some little podunk town. And, you know, we're tired and we just want to like get to our Airbnb and be done. And we get there and the host, this is the first time she'd ever been hosting. She sends me a message after I text her and I say, hey, we just got here. Place is amazing. We love it. She says, oh, by the way, I live in the basement. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's not a big deal. And then I was looking around at the house. I was like, how does she get down there? She had to walk through the back door where we would have like, you know, brought the dogs out to the backyard and then walk through the kitchen and through the living room to get down to her basement unit. And it, and she advertised it as an entire unit whenever we were looking at it. And I was like, come on, lady. <laughs> so I uh, politely informed her. I was like, lady, you can't be doing that on Airbnb. People aren't going to be happy with that. No, 
Not at all. Yeah. That's that's so then we had to scramble again and we found a, a small studio apartment that we stayed in for a month in a, a new place in Denver. That's cool. I I I I got a you just reminded me I was like I, I actually would love to go to Denver. You know, I I learned I actually learned how to snowboard in Vail. Fun fact. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and Denver, that was the reason I wanted to go there as well, selfishly, was because Bigger Pockets was there. And um, there was a meetup at a brewery that was close to Bigger Pockets. I got pictures with and hung out with Scott Trench, uh, Mindy Jensen, um, Ashley Kerr, Tony and Sarah Robinson. Like all of them were there just hanging out, drinking beer. And I just got a chance to hang out and shoot the breeze with them. And it was nice because there was maybe only 70 people there or something like that. So everybody was just kind of around kicking it. So yeah, Denver's a extremely fun town. And if you're a real estate investor, it's like the place to be because they have meetups like every two days. That's like the best 70% 70 person meetup I think I've heard in a long time, to be honest. It was fantastic. <laughs> there's the, there, yeah. the, those are the right 70 people, you know? Exactly right, yeah. That's um, that's really cool. So um, before we wrap up, I want to um, ask you a couple of things. Do you want to share a fun fact about yourself? And um, tell maybe the audience how to get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you and look you up, sure. how do they find you? Uh, easiest way to get a hold of me would probably be Instagram. I'm just David Rosenbeck, uh, is my handle R O S E N B E C K. Um, fun fact about me. I don't really, I like, I like making my own booze, but I haven't been able to do it because I've been traveling around so much, but, uh, make my own beer, own wine. I would make my own charcuterie, make my own cheese at home. We like, I like, uh, toddling around with all those kind of different hobbies and stuff like that. And then obviously you get to enjoy the, the fruits of your labor afterwards. That, that is awesome. Um, I knew a guy, it was a, a business guy that used to, used to, he had his own um, little, I would say, almost like a winery, you know, uh -huh. that's what it reminded me of. It's a, it sounds like an awesome, awesome thing to, to aim for. It's a good hobby. Cause then now I'm thinking about, okay, so then it's real estate, you know, just keeps on plugging along and I just get to hang out and do, do whatever I want to do all day, which is the dream, right? Yes, that is the real estate dream. That that is the real estate dream. Wow, that's a that's a that's a great way to end the 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 first pod. You're 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 the man, David. You're you're very I appreciate you're, that. You're very interesting. You have good you good stories. Um, well, I I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, you know where to find David. Um, and we you know we really appreciate you listening to the pod and uh, take care until next time. See you guys later. Thanks for listening to Airbnb Hacks. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and share with someone you know looking to get started in short-term rentals. In the meantime, keep up with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Yonatan Waxman. Until next time.